0: There's some butt fumbling in that movie, oh, Just a wee little bit. <laughs> Larry David, good to see you, sir. I think a
1: lot of writers can be offensive coordinators. What's harder? If
2: I could write stories, why would I be able to draw up a play?
0: He is none other than Broadway Joe Namath.
2: If Mark were to get the nod, and if
0: he played decently, if, uh, if, what a big word. So it's only two letters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Cannavale. Told you about Derek Jeter's story. At Yankees, Atlanta the World Series,
1: screaming, screaming, screaming. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He doesn't even look at me. Finally, last at bat, eighth <laughs> inning, yeah. Jeter comes up. Derek,
2: just turn <laughs> around, man. Just turn around. Finally, he like dumb. He does the thing with the weight. He's about to go up. He turns around. He looks at me. He goes, "Bro, I hear you."
0: <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us. I'm Richard Eisen
3: I don't download many podcasts, but when I do,
0: I prefer the Rich Eisen Podcast. Here's your host, Rich Eisen. Hey everybody, welcome to the latest edition of the Rich Eisen Podcast, coming to you at the uh, cusp of week number two of Free Agency 2014. I am your humble host, Rich Eisen. Uh, I've got Chris Brockman here with me, good to see you. Rich, how's it going, buddy? I am, uh, I'm doing well. We're one Chris short this week. We are. Chris Law. Where is uh, he again? He is, uh, as avid listeners of this program know, uh, as we went over last week, he is en route to New York City um, a good seven weeks before the uh, NFL draft to do a site survey of Radio City Music Hall to determine where various portions of the NFL media uh, tentacles covering the draft for you, the fan at home, uh, where they should be located within the building of Radio City Music Hall, which, as you know, is vast. It's elaborate. And it changes um, once, every, never. <laughs> once, every, never. Yes. When did we determine the last time that the Radio City um, Music Hall changed? Radio was?
4: City Music Hall, Rich, uh, was built, I believe, in 1928.
0: Okay. And ever since then, it's changed how? It was
4: declared a city landmark uh, by the great state of New York City. Mm-hmm. Great city of New York.
0: 1978. 1978. It was declared a landmark. Which means... Sorry, it opened in 1932. Right, 1932. So it means you can't... Can't touch it. You can't touch it. Since 1978. Can't touch it. You can't touch it. It's 35 years. And um, so site surveying a place that hasn't been touched in 35 years is a tough thing to do. It's heavy lifting, as we say in the business. So law is not here. But he's left us in very capable hands uh, uh, once again, uh, filling in for Chris Law and presumably getting set to do a better job. It's our good friend Kaveh. How are you, Kaveh?
3: What's going on, Rich? We have a a good show today. Oh! We have a great show. Mike Silver's coming on. Uh, Seth Myers coming on. Seth Myers, the host of Late Night with Seth Myers.
0: Very exciting. See, now, does, does Law ever do that? I was that? just going to say, Kaveh got right into <laughs> teeing up the guests. showed up Law. Law usually, like,
4: would putter around and say something with a giant beard. You don't have a beard, so that's, that's great. You're already, that's doing a, you're already doing a better that's job. Better.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's good to see you, Kaveh. Thank you. And we do have a good show, as you pointed out. Uh, we'll talk uh, to Mike Silver about all the latest of, of, of uh, free agency, which, you know, things can change every single minute. I do believe we opened up last week's show by saying that we're, we're we're loath every time we, we post a new show right. uh, during this time of year, because usually when we post something, something major breaks and immediately dates the program. <laughs> and within two hours <laughs> of the po- show posting last week, Darrell Rivas uh, signs with the Patriots. What are you going to do? What are you going to do?
4: That was shocking. You're loving that, that aren't was, you're I fucking. was so shocked. I got Why Are you shocked? Well, here's the deal. I, okay, Come so on. I was it's working. It's a
0: perfect fit. It's a great way to show the middle finger down the turnpike all the way to New Jersey, right? It's a great way for Revis to tell the Jets. Y- y- Here's what you're missing. You'll see me twice a year now. Sure. And sure enough, everyone said it was a one-year deal. It wound up being two years. Yeah, but. For, for the exact amount of money Rivas was going to make over the next two years in Tampa. So Rivas doesn't lose a penny. The the Patriots are, are going to save money based on, you know, uh, in a way. I mean, I'd rather, let's put it this way. I'd rather spend the guaranteed dollars on Rivas than Akib Talib any day of the week. Any day of the week. You wouldn't? Look. You know Revis is going to be just fine. And you know Belichick's going to know exactly how to use him. Hated, lo- hated losing Tlaib, but here's the deal. Here are the facts. In the last two
4: years, in the AFC Championship game, Tlaib got hurt, didn't finish the game. Do I think Revis is going to be great? Yes, I actually do. It's probably only going to be a one year because the second year, the cap hip is $25 million. I was telling uh, my Boston media friends that – the Pats need offense. They lost the Super Bowls because they couldn't score. They lose in these playoff games because they can't score. They can't keep up with the Denvers. I wanted them to go out and get Eric Decker, go get James Jones, go get Akeem Nix, somebody for Tom Brady to throw the ball to because every year they don't.
0: Brandon LaFell doesn't float your bill. He's a perfect <laughs> patriot, having been, having
4: been a Brandon LaFell fantasy owner in recent years, no. He does not float well, my Well, but boat.
0: here's the deal, man. I mean – you know the drill of Pat, course how, the, Troy Brown Patton Vrabel caught touchdowns back in the Caldwell day.
4: dropped first down no, to, to the Super Bowl I know I'm just saying
0: but here's it with a receiver front too and we'll talk about this with Silver with the exception of Carolina which has lost everybody now for Cam Newton Um Anyone else on the receiver front? I'm not having an alarmist well, it's aspect been, because because it's been very
4: quiet on the offensive free. Well, agent front. hold
0: on. You take a, uh, having seen them in person at the combine. The receiving crew this year is stupid. You can get yourself a playmaker, third round, maybe fourth round of this draft. You can get yourself. I mean, Keenan Allen went deep in last year's sure. draft. So receivers, I'm not terribly concerned about. The Patriots could go ahead and get themselves a stud, and you're fine. Okay, and you're fine, right? With LaFell or whatever, Revis and Browner, because I love Browner. Take those two guys and put them in that secondary, and if you can do the Revis, Revis Island can do his usual thing, right? And take Demarius Thomas off the board. Browner and somebody other people can take Julius Thomas off the board. Erase those guys. You, you, you're going to beat Denver.
4: But it still doesn't matter if you can't get pressure on the quarterback, which the Patriots have really not been able to do in recent years.
0: Hmm. And Denver went ahead and got a bunch of Ooh, boy, defensive th- people. Boy, did they. I, I just don't know if that's going to be the winner and champion, though. I so just the, don't the, know. So the
4: splash really didn't do it for you? The I don't like splash? teams that
0: do free agent splashes. I like teams that go and, and cherry pick every now and then. I, that's why I thought the Peppers signing for Green Bay was great. And, you so know, you the, Jets, the, has, Jets, the Jets have, have held the back. They went and splashed with Decker.
4: But do you think Peppers has more left than Ware, even though he's I two have years older? I no right?
0: earthly idea. Yeah. And Jared Allen, as we're taping it's... this right now, he's still out there. Um, Ian Rappaport reporting that he met with Dallas, met with Seattle, and is weighing his options, which could be uh, take more visits, go home and do nothing, tap out and be done with your career, or sign with Dallas or Seattle. Now, with all due respect to Dallas, I have no idea why Jared Allen wouldn't run to the Pacific Northwest and sign with them. Because right now, Seattle has has all of it. They're, they got everything. And if Allen wants a ring before he goes, there's a handful of teams that you could go and sign with right now. You've got a chance that right now you know you've got a chance to win a ring next year. Denver, New England, Seattle, San Francisco. Those are the four that you sign with right now. You know you've got a chance to win a ring. Now, there are others that clearly can put it all together and join that group. You take the division winners from last year. You take um, any other team that you think is on the cusp. You take any of those teams, and you you can have an opportunity with that, but you take you take a look at New England and those, three, those, those four teams that I mentioned, you know you got a chance. You know you got a chance. So I would go Jared Allen. I don't know why he wouldn't go to Seattle, but I'm not in his head. But let's, uh, let's talk quickly uh, before we get Silver on the phone of some teams that I, I've, I've been in, impressed with in free agency. And, uh, you know, one of them is, is Jacksonville. Yeah? Yeah. Do you see the guys that Jacksonville has signed? on defense mm. that it you know whatever Gus Bradley is cooking up people are buying I, I think you're right I think guys like playing for him and well I mean and it's quiet clearly because nobody really pays attention to them In and that's d- done with all due respect but they re-signed Babin right they re-signed Will Blackman they they went ahead and got Red Bryant Chris Clemens, Ziggy Hood. Yep, Those are three guys on that defensive line. And Bradley comes from Seattle. Bryant and Clemens have come from there. So he's bringing in people who are fresh off of a championship team to bring in something into that locker room to perhaps show the way for a lot of the young kids that they have there. And I, I'm i a fan of, of Toby Gerhardt's as well with MJD. Do you think MJD is finished no. as a Jaguar? No. Okay. No. no, no, as a Jaguar? No. Okay. No. He's under contract there and you know I don't I don't think he's at all. I mean, no, he's not I mean, he's unsigned. He's unsigned. Right, he's not under contract there. He's unsigned. I mean, he's I I don't know. I don't think so.
4: Do you think they still go quarterback with the number 3 pick even though they're bringing back Chad Henney on a 2-year deal?
0: Yes. There's still a question about that. Yeah. You get the right mix there, yeah. and you get MJD back in the mix, which I think they're going to do. I, I, I like it. I like what they've done. I mean, that's just one team that, that just, you know I throw out there. The, sure. co- the Colts going to get in Hakeem Nix. I like move. that move. Yeah. Um, you know, re-signing Vontae Davis, our friend Pat McAfee. Ahmad Bradshaw getting back there. Picked up Arthur Jones. That's huge. I, there's a lot of people down on DeQuell Jackson, though. You know, not not many people think that that's the the best move around. But he was one of the first shots fired there. Vontae um, Davis. I, I I I I like Philadelphia's maneuvers as well. Um, re-signing Macklin, going ahead and getting Jenkins, Malcolm Jenkins. I liked him, but the the one guy that just you know screams out to to everybody was was going ahead and getting Sproles.
3: backfield is loaded putting now. him
0: in space oh my lord how do you stop them that's a good one i, I like them i like what the bucks have done um i think I,
4: the bucks have positioned themselves kind of better than any team to make a kind of a 2014 leap
0: mhm i mean they they've signed a bunch of guys and i i went over the, them on a previous podcast And, you know, I I know fans might not want to hear it because nobody likes it when the rich get richer. But I like Seattle, man. I like they've re-signed Bennett, which I thought was great. You know, obviously losing Red Bryant. But you take a look at the guys who they've lost because you take a look at guys who you lose from Super Bowl teams. And this doesn't look like what happened to the Ravens last year at all. You know, I know Walter Thurman going to the Giants who made an interesting move with him and Dominic Rogers, cromartie That was a good move in terms of bolstering their their secondary. If I'm not mentioning the teams, it's not because that the, your team hasn't made a good move. But they lost Browner, who is somebody that they won the Super Bowl without. Uh, Red Bryant, to me, is going to be a big hole for them to fill. We'll see what they do to, to fill him. But... Take a look at who else they've lost. It's not like, man, their line was decimated or this part of their secondary was decimated or this part of their team was decimated or their coaching staff was decimated. And you know they're going to draft somebody that's going to be useful because they're the kings of the fifth, sixth, seventh round picks.
4: And if you still have number three and you still have number
0: 24, I think for Seattle you're in great shape. 25 too? Yep. Don't forget forget, um, Earl Thomas. He's the defensive player of the year in many people's Percy minds.
3: Percy didn't even play last year.
0: And they may re-sign Sidney Rice. Man, oh man. Well, let's get the latest on the first week of free agency from a man who made a verbal commitment to appear on the Around the League podcast and then used it to try and leverage a, an appearance on the Dave Damaschek podcast, canceled <laughs> an appearance on the College Football podcast <laughs> to finally agreed to terms to be on this podcast, the Emmanuel Sanders of NFL Media Mike Silver. How are you, Mike?
2: You know, Rich, I can't control what my agent does. Is uh, that what it is? I is, just want to play football.
0: Is that, it's just, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I, I hear you, uh, because this is, in the 10 plus years that I've done, uh, this part of the gig, this is the, the most bizarre first week of free agency from uh, Saffold being signed and then uh, told uh, you failed a physical. Um, the Raiders having turned it around since then on the free agency front, which we'll discuss, but then you've got the whole business with Emmanuel Sanders. What what in the world happened there, Mike? Yeah,
2: I'm not sure. I, I, I feel like uh, there are a lot of unwritten rules when it comes to NFL practices, and when one of those rules gets broken, it, it's really weird, because let's take the uh, infamous Shiano, Tom Coughlin, kneel down thing. There's no rule that says you can't. Try to blow up a kneel down play. Uh, Greg Shadow is absolutely by the letter of the law within his rights to say, Hey, we're going to try to win. And, uh, sorry, you guys don't like it. Protect your quarterback better or or don't kneel down. Uh, Uh, you know, many people criticized him for it and there may have been a fallout that transcended what he was trying to accomplish, but it's not like he broke any law. Um, you know, some general managers believe that if you've got a guy on your practice squad and another gm comes and and raids that squad and and takes the guy when he didn't give you a courtesy call or uh you know some people remember that and store it up and those become feuds and and you know we saw didn't we see on draft day a few years back a trade that one team thought they had completed. The the it was the Ravens. Didn't? It was the Ravens. Was... Yes, yeah, so it was the Ravens, right? And the Bears.
0: The Ravens and the Bears, and that involved Karimi, I think. And yeah. It,
2: there's uh, all the Bear Jew. It turned out the Bear was, Jew. was his nickname. And <laughs> any any chance to reference the glorious bastard? Yes. in Any context? I am just.
0: I know that's it, because you are one, Mike. We all know that. Well, I, mean...
2: I just I I can't lie. We all have our weaknesses. Uh, Nazi Killing. I could watch it on screen, you know, a million times. It's just so satisfying to me, and I just saw uh, with the whole family and my parents, we just saw Monuments Men, Oh, okay. A, a nice tale, and it was really cool to see them get that artwork back, but you know that's not as satisfying to me to recover a a statue or a painting as seeing Hitler shot.
0: There you go. Seven thousand times. That's what I told you you are in fact an inglorious bastard. I, I so,
2: believe that you know I'm not I'm not quite uh, bare Jew Caliber, but uh, you know I, I was rooting for Gabe because of the nickname. So
0: anyway, no, it that didn't take all. long for this interview to go off the Mike Silver rails. This is yeah, this was that's good.
2: That's uh, what else? That's would a you long expect, way though? of I know I. <laughs> There's, there are unwritten rules and there are written rules, and I'm not exactly sure what happened. We now have two sides to the story, but I know that uh, feelings were bruised and, uh, you know, remember the Chiefs and the Broncos had a thing a few years back where uh Eddie Kennison retired and then was cut and then turned up a couple weeks later on the Chiefs after having left Denver and got to play against his old team. Yeah,
0: so. the famous Eddie uh, Kennison, we're going to put one on their ass uh by bite, soundbite. Right. We played that I think 15 times in one episode of Total Access. I think as, we we as, couldn't as have played should, that soundbite enough, the as Eddie as Kennison soundbite.
2: And uh S- you so anyway, I, I'm not sure. And Emmanuel Sanders is interesting because remember the Patriots signed him into an offer sheet back when offer sheets were not being signed. Or did they actually sign him? Or they were? Well, what they were good,
0: but They didn't they do the whole like uh, sign him and into a, a way that the Steelers uh, or couldn't match. And then Sanders didn't. I don't. There, there's always been something going on with him. But adding him to Denver. <laughs> uh, after Denver lost Decker to the Jets, that's that's not a bad signing there, to say the least. And and with the Raiders, uh, after what happened with Saffold, yeah. um, they've made some pretty interesting signings since then. Yeah, um,
2: I'd, like to, I'd like to talk about the Raiders in totality. Let please, me, so, do it. Let me start it. with Denver, though. I... I'm not saying that making a giant splash and loading up on free agents is necessarily the right way, but I admire when a team has a plan and executes it. They had a philosophy, and in this case, it makes a lot of sense to me, this philosophy. We've got a transcendent quarterback in Peyton Manning for not too much longer. This is our window. Let's do everything we can to try to win championships during that time. So we're going to find a way to get to Marcus Ware on the roster, and we're going to make a decision on Eric Decker, but as you said, make a very nice, uh, you know, essentially a trade in getting Sanders. And we're going to upgrade our safety position in our minds and get T.J. Ward, and we're going to... Uh, you know, have a make a big, big splash early and take some of these guys off the market. And, and with to leave, that's the second consecutive year you take a guy from New England and weaken them and strengthen yourself. So, I I applaud the execution of the plan. This is what bothered me so much about the Raiders. Uh, you know. First of all, we've been hearing for two years with violin music cued. Oh, Al put us in such terrible cap hell, and poor Reggie McKenzie has no choice but to field a substandard roster, and every loss is excused, and the Raiders are just going to be terrible because they don't have any money. Okay, well, guess what? Now you've got more cap money. I believe that any team I've ever seen, if you consider the fact that you have to spend a lot of it by decree, you have to average 89% of the cap over the next four years. So if you want to, you know, I, I don't know what that means you have to do this year, but you can't just carry $40 $40 million on your cap. You've got to spend it. You've got lots and lots of money and you've got weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to plan for this so you can franchise Jared Velder or Lamar Houston even if you think they're overvalued at that tag because you can carry that money and that gives you leverage if nothing else. And then let's say you decide you want Saffold instead and he passes his physical, then cut Velder after the fact. But keep your leverage. They didn't do that. They... They chose not to use the franchise tag when it was easy. They also believed, Reg McKenzie believed that Veldherr was less valuable at the number, you know, at the franchise number or yeah. what it would have taken to sign him to a longer term deal, which is essentially overpaying in his mind, than to pay Saffold something that virtually everyone in football believed was an overpayment. And uh... again that's a value judgment he knows how to evaluate talent better than i do but You've got a guy with a history of injuries. I believe I called him on our airwaves the Danny Amendola of Offensive <laughs> of Lineman, and that was before the failed physical. Well,
0: it doesn't sound like you're too high on the Raider signings here because what well, well, they, they, so
2: well, they did. I'm, I'm trying to get to the point where I'm not as negative. Well, so, go for it. I was very upset about Saffold because you're either overpaying for a guy with an injury history to be your left tackle, or you're overpaying vastly for a guard and hoping that. Melnick Watson, who you drafted last year and also has had injury issues, is your left tackle. Uh, possibly you draft one too, and or your, uh, you know, and, and I can see why buyer's remorse might have set in for Mark Davis, who uh, they drafted. D.J. Hayden immediately he had surgery, also had some injury health scare issues, obviously in his past. And remember didn't just draft dj hayden they were 10 seconds away from taking him third overall before the dolphins finally agreed to the trade where they moved up to get Dion jordan and, and taking him third overall would have been laughed at in nfl circles not because people thought he could play but just because nobody else valued him that high so I thought the Raiders should have had a plan coming out of the box. They could have used those three days, if nothing else, leading up to decide, okay, if it's not Velder and it is Saffold, maybe we maintain leverage with Velder until we're satisfied with the physical. Or maybe we, you know, want to go out and this guy, or like the Broncos, maybe you change the plan when a wear or a Talib is there for the taking all of a sudden, and you believe, you know what, we like this guy better. I didn't see any of that. I saw a kind of passive, hey, I came from the Ted Thompson school, uh, you know, we're just going to sit back with our $60 million. and I could see how that was really frustrating to Raider fans, especially when the Saffold thing blew up. Now, since then, they have signed a lot of people. And I guess I have two responses to this, the negative and the positive. The negative is, you know, like when you're rooting for an NBA team and they're terrible and there's a guy averaging 23 points a game and you don't know if he's any good because
0: – I'm a Nick fan, so that, does, I, that, does that answer your question? Does that answer you
2: Everybody's got a score, right? There's all – you know, in, in pro basketball especially, someone's got to score right. a bunch of points in an NBA game so? and if you're – if your team's crappy, the guy doing it might be Tom Gugliotta or somebody who's really not a nice
0: twenty
2: five point a game, twenty three point a game type of scorer. So but the analogy is you've gotta spend tens of millions of dollars and now you're under pressure from people like me and more important your fans who wanna know what the heck you've been you know, planning for. So yeah, you're going to be in position to go get the Antonio Smiths and the Lamar Woodleys of the world and Terrell Brown. And you are
0: down on the Raiders, dude. But but the positive thing is, I think Justin
2: Tuck's a really good signing.
0: Yeah. Smith, Jones, Austin Howard is the
2: Um, the Jets would love to have him back. And, and, and I I like the James Jones signing too. Now I would have liked to see a slot guy too, an Edelman or a, uh, Sanders, but uh, James Jones, I think, is a good value signing, and uh you know, so I want to be a little more positive. I just don't want people to equate, oh, we spent the money finally with wow, Reggie rebounded. I think he rebounded by getting a couple of really good players who've won Super Bowls in, in Jones and Tuck. There's potential for guys like Howard and Booth and Uh, and Woodley and Smith to also be good. Mm -hmm. But I also remember sitting uh, with Daniel Jeremiah on the set when the Tuck and Woodley signings were playing out, and he said, well, the next guy they need to sign is Doc Brown and his DeLorean because this is a much better uh, move four or five years ago if you can go back in time. Mm -hmm. So I know there are people in the NFL... My larger point on the Raiders overall is I don't think Reggie came out with a, a real plan given the context. I think that whole Ted Thompson sit back and build through the draft thing is a nice luxury when you've got Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers yeah. and you can fill in blanks. But if Reggie McKenzie doesn't recognize the sense of urgency or didn't going into this free agency, He's missing a good game because he's not going to get a fourth year if they don't field a, a much better team. Next you time. made
0: a good point with the Broncos that for the second straight year they went ahead and took somebody from the from the Patriots and improved their team. Welker last year, and a lot of people were wondering, wh- you know, why the Patriots would do that. Certainly when they uh, filled the Welker hole with a guy in Amendola that uh, left a lot of people wanting and wondering, and then we saw Amendola was definitely not Welker in that offense this year. That said, losing Tlaib is one thing. Replacing him with Revis and Brandon Browner, that's not an Amandola plugging in the hole, Mike. That was, as Brockman and I discussed at the top of this show, with, because he's a, a total mass hole, uh, that 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 right there. Those two signings to me, when you look at the totality of free agency, and you can't really peg somebody's signing even where. To be honest with you, because I'm wondering what how healthy he might be. And I thought Peppers was a nice signing in 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 Green Bay, but I'm wondering what he might be. Revis and Browner, those two guys are the difference-making signings in my mind I know uh, bird so yeah, is I one think, in New Orleans but
2: you need I think you need Doc Brown again for Brown. I don't right.
0: know I don't, about that I
2: don't believe the Browner we saw last season was anything close to the Browner who made the Pro Bowl but and but
0: Mike how many times have we seen Belichick take somebody from Antoine Smith you want to yeah. go back you want to go back 10 years running running backs and uh you know you, you take so many guys
2: dylan yeah, I rodney Bryan, harrison, dylan, harrison rodney drable jr sale i think a lot of i think it's fair there are a lot of people in the seahawk organization who were ready to move on even before the suspension they thought you know what maxwell's better thurman's better we don't think he can run the way he used to but but i you know they could be wrong i could be wrong let's let's go back though to your larger point uh, yeah, Revis obviously, even if you just take Browder out of it, a phenomenal bounce back and it's going to make them better. I feel like the Patriots were almost shamed into finally entering the arms race. And from the, as you mentioned, math hole perspective, that's a good thing, because think about it, you know, from Tom Brady's perspective, twice he has given back market value dollars ostensibly because they wanted to have more money to maneuver under the cap the first time his BFF Dion Branch uh, ended up in Seattle arguably cost them a, a shot at the Super Bowl in 06 when they lost to the Colts in that close championship game and uh, he was not thrilled uh, and then last year His BFF and favorite target, it played out yet again with Welker, but imagine the indignity. Now Welker goes to the Broncos and is on the field, in fact, injuring your best corner during a game in which (laughs) the Broncos win the AFC and the Patriots, who uh, have the aforementioned Danny Amendola, do not. And uh, that's pretty, pretty frustrating because you know we can talk about the patriot way and bill belichick and all that and it's all true but without tom brady i'm not sure it quite has the same luster unless you get a new tom brady let's assume that you can't uh you've got a, a short window too and and if the broncos are loading up and uh entering this arms race you might want to think about uh getting in and so i think when they lost to Lieb to the broncos and it was just so clear that it was so one-sided i think then the patriots said okay you know what if nothing else we got to get revis for one year and just see
0: in our, in our in our final uh moments in regards to this uh conversation uh mike let's turn our attention to two teams that uh people are scratching their head over uh with the jets are one of them yeah now, now decker was a good signing i, I believe um, they didn't break the bank. They they have a ton of cap space, and clearly they're gonna they're they're not done on the on the wide receiver front. They absolutely need to get some help for Geno Smith and whoever they might bring in once they finally do cut Sanchez on the 25th of March because they're not going to pay him two million dollar signing uh, the roster bonus. So at some point, Sanchez is in all that stuff's going to come off the books too. So um, the, the, where everyone in New York's reading into the fact that Rex covets cornerbacks. They cut Cromartie, they lose out on Alteron Werner, they go ahead and, uh, you know, I don't know what happened with Revis, I don't know if he, they even had a remote chance at getting him or not, he, that didn't happen, he strolls off to New England, and then the Dominic Rogers Cromartie, uh, yeah. of it all, they have him in the building, and all we're hearing is that the numbers that they gave Cromartie did not match the zeal that the head coach had for him in, negotiations, in in conversations with the player and obviously within closed doors within that building, and he goes to the New York Giants, and everyone's wondering again if John Idzik and Rex Ryan are on the same page and what, what Idzik's plan is. Does it include Rex Ryan moving forward if he's not getting the players at corner that the coach covets. Can you give us any insight as to what's going on with the Jets?
2: Well, I, I I understand your frustration as someone who cares about the Jets, and that's all a very, very good read on the situation. I, I guess I would add these points. Um, unlike Reggie McKenzie, who has a Kool-Aid-drinking media contingent, for the most part, covering him, that believes somehow that he had no choice but to throw up his hands and field a crappy roster for two years and and could do no wrong. John Idzik is dealing with a much more skeptical media market where they are rightfully questioning what his plan was coming out of the gates and uh, whether he's executing it quickly, whether he is uh, kind of getting beat at the game. And, and as you said, that's basically losing to the Patriots and the Giants, at least in terms of perception on big free agent moves, which is not going to play well on the back pages, nor should it. So that's, that's the first thing. What, you know, there's a possibility that, like Reggie McKenzie, in my opinion, he's a little slow off the draw and possibly drowning in this role. The second possibility, which is worse, is that uh, he doesn't want Rex and he got stuck with them for another year because they did well enough, much like Dave Gettleman got stuck with Ron Rivera last year because Jerry Richardson kept him around and he saw what happened there. Rivera coached his way out of danger, got a big extension. He's clearly not in charge, I, I believe, because Gettleman has since jettisoned Steve Smith and, by the way, anyone else who knows how to catch a football uh, from the roster for now. so. Uh, you know, I don't know if the Panthers will ultimately sign some wide receivers, but that to me was a Gettleman, I'm in charge move. So to bring it back to the Jets, maybe Idzik doesn't want to sign good players because he's feeling like he's stuck with Rex and the best play would somehow be to let Rex have a worse season and then hire your own guy, which I also think is a dangerous way. Well,
0: that's, that's, that's very Oliver Stone-ish because I mean, you you still have to win football games.
2: You still have to, you still have, Uh, you still got to get people in the, I'm not saying it's that, but I think I could see why people would wonder. It's probably more along the lines of, you know what? Um, I, I, I'm not sure that we're, completely in sync here on how we're going to do this we've been stuck together we're still here well here's the thing mike there's if, a disconnect. here's
0: the thing mike is that is that last year it can't get any worse than stick in a coach with a rookie quarterback um and mark sanchez and then have what happened in the preseason happen and sell send revis away for yep. a fourth round pick uh, or you know for first round pick that turns into a rookie corner and and then have Santonio Holmes do whatever he did last year, and have no other weapons for the rookie quarterback. You can't do any worse than that sort of roster. And Rex went eight and eight with that team. Yeah, and
2: you're, you're okay, so right.
0: and, and 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 in all honesty, I don't think Dominic Rogers Cromartie is going to make the 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 Jets closer to a Super Bowl contender. And I could see what Isaac might do is just sit there and get a ton of cap space because at some point all of these young kids that he hopes to draft, they got 12 draft picks potentially in this draft, that if he gets a, some of these kids they hit, he's going to have to end up paying them at some point, and he could pull, as you point out, the Ted Thompson thing, if you save your cap space to re-sign the players that you like. I understand all that. The question is, though, is thats is, that we're hitting on, is is this something that Rex Ryan is not going to be able to survive – Because why would he want to be there too if his general manager is just like, yeah, you know, you love DRC, that's great. We've got the cap space for him, that's awesome. He's only two and a half million dollars against the Giants' cap, which is a drop drop in the bucket for what the Jets' space has. And he's just like, yeah, Rex, you know what? But uh, no, we're not going to do that next. (laughs) You know, let's go to the FSU Pro Day together.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I, that's all. I believe all of that's there, and I think it. You know, it's going to take another really good coaching job and some good fortune to keep them from being lousy and uh, and you could certainly question does Rex even want to be there uh, on the other hand he saw what Rob did last year and he didn't get any head coaching traction so i believe Rex would get snapped up if he were free because he's such a transcendent defensive strategist but why would you not you know, consider him as your head coach because you get that, uh, and I think he 's probably a better head coach than he was, but you 're right it 's uh the, the whole thing is is kind of troubling uh, i think for jets fans and uh, i i don 't believe that every owner is going to be as patient as Mark Davis is being with Reggie McKenzie right now in terms of growing into the g m job, and even when you're not necessarily doing a bad job, sometimes things happen. In other words, if Woody Johnson decides to blow it up after next year, it might not be, hey, John, go hire your guy. It might be, hey, Bill Cowher's going to bring in his guy, or John Gruden's going to bring in his guy, and by the way, you're fired. And so... If I'm a GM, I'm not quite on the one-year plan when I first get my job, but I'm not—you know—I'm not buying into the five-year plan because that's so 1983. So what is
0: going on in Carolina to bring it all together? Because you you know, and I I understand that this year's draft is as deep at the wide receiver position as anywhere else, but uh, Gin LaFell gone via free agency, Steve Smith sent packing, essentially.
2: Yeah, and uh, Hickson and Hickson gone too.
0: I, I I don't I mean, you know, and and there could be some young players. McNutt obviously is one of them. I, I don't know if they're they're ready. They might think they're ready, but I, I especially when you've got a Franklin Mint in the backfield. Right. Uh, what I, what is going on in Carolina?
2: I I plan to do some more digging on this, but but this is what I think is happening. Uh first of all, if you look historically, at who has handled success poorly in the NFL since 1996, which was the Panthers' second season, the Panthers might handle success more miserably than any franchise. Uh, They almost inevitably get up to a certain plateau and then immediately go back to, oh, well, they just joined the league. They're kind of an expansion team. They're not really one of the powers. So we do have a history, under this ownership at least, of – not sustaining success uh last year their defense was a beast and steve smith is getting older and he costs a lot i kind of feel like part of it is you know what this guy's a pain in the butt i'm in charge now i being dave gettleman uh we paid the coach so i'm now i'm he's got his money i've got my power now uh it's cam's team it's my team though and this guy whose skills are declining and is, makes a lot of money and is a big, big pain in the butt, I don't want to deal with him. And that's one assessment to make. The second assessment is, and by the way, I could call him in and see if he'd take less or understand the new order of things or accept a reduced role or we could try to work out a trade that he would like. But I'm actually not going to do that because I'm the man and so they Dave Gettleman made those judgments uh, and they pulled the scab off and Steve Smith is gone as for those other receivers they probably had the weakest receiving core in the league well they did it but- anyway so I'm not gonna you know losing Brandon LaFell I don't think is gonna you know make you shed any tears but it does underscore that they literally have no players at that position mm-hmm. who've shown they can catch a pass in the NFL at this moment so I uh, I I kind of worry, though, it's, hey, we got to a pretty good level, and now I'm going to pull this scab and show everyone I'm in charge, and, uh, you know, okay, well, let's see what you do, because I think a lot of us, knowing the natural order and ebb and flow of all things NFL every season, would identify them early as a team that could potentially come back to the pack, right. uh, whereas Tampa lurking in that division and possibly Atlanta sure seem like teams that could could bounce up. So uh, the other thing is you're going to do that and then sit on your hands in the free agency period when there were receivers there for the taking, including Akeem Nix, who seemed to want to be there. I'm not saying he right now is the answer either, but you could have had the James Joneses and the the Julian Edelman's and the Deckers in your sights. They didn't want any of them either, apparently. I mean, then you'd
0: think you'd need them to keep up with the Breeze's points, uh, the Breeze breeze point uh, extravaganza and whatever Matt Ryan's going to be able to put up. I mean, you used to feel... Like that that's what you have to do, but i i that that's just a head scratcher, but again, as we said at the top of the show it's it's about what you do with the draft and throughout the entirety of the next few months and and i I don't want to be too knee jerk over the first week. Uh, before I do let you go, uh, Jim Harbaugh doing uh, push-ups with a walrus. Does that mean that everything's hunky-dory uh, for him in San Francisco? Uh, or, or did you just hear that Trent Balky was going to do it and he had to do it? Um, or
2: did they trade for Blaine Gabbard? Yes, was, right. Was, was balky 's trade for Blaine Gabbard simply a way of making Harbaugh uncomfortable? Like, you're such a quarterback guru. Coach this guy. Um, yeah. You know, look, I will say this about Jim. Uh, And I've been harder on him for this than anyone because I consider him a friend and we go way, way back. And I've seen the push-ups with a walrus side of him many times in social settings, and I like that. And I felt like that was gone for the most part during the first, you know, mostly three years of his time as an NFL head coach. And it bummed me out because I thought the the push-up with a walrus, Harbaugh, was a good thing that people would actually warm to, and it always seemed to be about, I'll beat this walrus in this competition, and by the way, I'm not, I'm going to take on every sea otter as well and beat him. It's like, whoa, easy, buddy. You've made it. You're a great coach in a great situation. I felt like the last few months, that the old Jim is coming back. I thought, you know, when he was goofing on his pleated khaki pants and his wife's, wife's aversion to them, uh, I thought the way he handled the loss in Seattle, uh, which was obviously a crushing defeat, but he really seemed to have a lot of perspective and mm-hmm. dignity afterwards. And in general, I have felt like, The old Jim is coming back, and he doesn't have to do that to please me. He's obviously a great, great coach, and it doesn't matter what I say. But I think, in general, people will warm to that. So I'm not sure how the situation at San Francisco will play out, and it could turn really bad. Uh, I hope it doesn't. But as long as we're seeing more of that side of him, I think, in general, He's going to be set up for a really, really good 15 or 20 years at, at doing this.
0: All right, Michael. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Rich. You bet. That is Mike Silver here on the Rich Eisen podcast. Mike Silver, everybody, as only Mike Silver can.
4: Some of those references.
0: They serve. They're very interesting. Yeah. Um, that was, a, again, a, a Ron Burgundy-type moment, right, where, where he's at SeaWorld Right, Jim Harbaugh and just getting down and doing push-ups with a walrus.
4: I thought the biggest upset of that clip was that he was wearing shorts. I know. Where was, was the khakis? No khaki, no black sweatshirt, no, no uh, magic marker. Yeah,
0: no Sharpie around the, yeah. the neck. I thought that's the way it was every day. <laughs>
4: that's what I thought, too.
0: I thought I was disappointed there were no khakis on the actual mammal. On the walrus? Mammal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a mammal, right? A, a walrus. walrus is a mammal. walrus is a mammal. Yeah, that's correct. Correct? Yes.
4: Can we get you, is that the next, so you said you don't want to run the 40 I don't in case it jumps a shark. Well, you don't want it to jump the shark. Correct. And I so, don't want it to
0: jump the walrus either. People
4: are presuming maybe you had your walk-off moment with the 5.98.
0: People are referring
4: Is this the next level for you, Rich? What, is,
0: doing push-ups? Doing with, with combine sea, events? Sea, sea mam- sea, uh, combine
4: sea. events versus other types of mammals? No.
0: No one wants to see me do that. I don't think anybody wants to see me three cone it. Nobody. You don't want a three. cone Nobody vertex. No, I don't need a, a vertex. Or no, something. no. Oh you, oh, you mean against animals? That's
4: what I mean. You do combine events versus other animals.
0: That's that's next level.
4: We can cross promotion with the Animal Planet.
0: Okay. I don't know, and uh, like like I'm, spit-ba- break, I'm spitballing you, here. You certainly are.
4: <laughs> I mean, Indy has to have a zoo, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Right. There's You're,
4: an Indianapolis Zoo. We you, could get. Uh, Who's the guy who's, who's always on Leno and Letterman? Jack Hanna. Jack Hanna. We could get him in there.
0: Jack Hanna.
4: And he can supervise, you know, the animals doing the three cone and the 40. And this the, is the
0: silly season yeah. right now to come up with this sort of insanity. It's the non-playing season. That's correct, Covey. Why don't you try it? Would you do a new open for us while well, law's gone? <laughs> Would You're you not, do that if I gave you the not time not the open? No, I'm very fond of it. You it's just like a fresh open. It's old. It's updated. old, it's, and it's, it's, and Law's just like, uh, let's get let's get into this with him not here. Okay, how busy is Chris Law?
3: <laughs> he's busy. I'll okay. tell you, he, he's in you're New there, York. You're there. in the he pit. Busy. Oh, I yeah. know where
0: he. No, yeah. we said at the top. He's in yeah. New York. We so, know that he's doing a site survey of yeah. a place that hasn't changed since 1928. So it's not like he wouldn't know. What Radio City Music Hall looks like.
4: And don't feel like you have to defend him. No, no, no. no. He's no, no, not no. This is great.
0: This no. is great. We're, okay. getting, we're getting completely I'm unsolicited. There, you're, you're, you're in the same. I'm
3: not in the same vicinity, but I talked to him multiple times a day. Okay. I know How busy what is he? He's, he's busy. He's busy enough
0: busy. that he can't do a new open for this show? <laughs> you could probably
3: squeeze in a new open. You could probably
0: do right. that. Right. If we in. gave you the time codes. If we gave you the time codes of certain shows, I don't know them. We don't know. I'm not going to actually ask you to do. We this.
3: would have to go back and re-listen to. Right. Show
4: and after and
0: show. yeah,
3: but would I just... would be more than happy to take care of that for you if you need me to do it, because law's in New York.
0: How great would that be?
3: Here's
4: another thing.
0: I proposed to, do to law new... oh.
4: over email last week that mm-hmm. we should have like an open competition. Either him and I come up with opens, and then we let people vote or what fans do it. or and exactly any listener that knows how to edit can, can put you, together their you can own rip it off, open you
0: can rip it off of itunes right
4: right sure and you can just download all the episodes and you can go through and come up with all the best sound bites have a listener open competition and then have that be the new
0: open that's a winner
4: that's taking a different how level. do i
0: how do we how do i not know that until now that's well, a winner
4: i propose it to law over email just him and i when and when last week and he did not respond
0: didn't respond. Didn't respond. Acted like he didn't Acting receive Acted like this. he
4: didn't read that part of the email. It was almost like... He snubbed you. Oh, that's he, a... he snubbed. He snubbed the Open, the open Idea Company.
0: So he's, he's sort of in that gray area of trying to prove his, his value and his worth. Right. And like, no one can build an open that, except that, him. That the open, if it's built by a Joe Blow and an Avid Machine or whatever the heck they have, right? Right, Final Cut. Final Cut. Um, or Jane six-pack going exactly. ahead and doing this thing together exactly. right so uh, he he's concerned perhaps that if they do a great job it proves less of his value he said so that may be why he's ignoring that and also he's in between that and just not having the time because he's got too many meetings pulled in uh, site surveys uh, 18-hour evaluations done by by management of right. his of his of his work All of those things. He's caught in that very odd gray area right now. That's correct. So we should either have compassion for him or push the pedal to this metal even more. And I'm prone to doing that (laughs) as opposed to having some compassion for for our guy, (laughs) especially since um, one listener of this podcast tweeted at Chris, and you, I believe, too, Brockman, that I've been too tough on him lately. Someone did calling me Richie Icognito. <laughs>
3: yeah,
0: they forgot the end. They forgot the end. The first end in, in Incognito. Right. So I was Richie Icognito. and I don't believe I'm. Um, am I that tough? That, that I mean, pro- I'm, I'm, that- <laughs> I'm definitely busting stones. There's that prompted no me to add, Does that make me pouncy? That makes you. That makes you pouncy. I'm pouncy in this you
4: situation because I'm co- sort of pouncy. You are pouncy. I think everyone knows that You're it's... You're
0: more Chris.
4: <laughs> I'm more Chris. You're more Chris, Chris Pouncy. I think everyone knows it's in good fun, correct?
0: Yes, it is in good fun. But I like the idea of having listeners do this. I do too. So let's do that. And then what can they do? Can they link it somewhere on Twitter? Well, I mean, how do we um, receive the, the... I was
4: almost thinking we create a show Gmail account
0: and maybe people can oh.
3: email it to us. Just email us the file.
0: Is theres we'll there... A, a policy that we don't, we can't do that. I am not sure. <laughs> not that I You know, I know like of. we are totally spitballing. We, we really
4: are. Like I could just create a Gmail account right now. What, what should we call well,
0: it? Well, Let's make sure that we. This is something that that's not. Uh, I, I, I'm just wondering. Well, if people
4: like- submit videos for the Run Rich Run, and that becomes NFL property. I guess we, we could put the disclaimer saying, if you email us this file, it becomes property of NFL Media. Cave mm-hmm. thoughts. It's
3: always better to have options if you have multiple
4: options. Well, here's what
0: we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do, because I'm off next week. I don't know if you guys are going to do a podcast. We'll probably do do one. So everybody who's listening to this right now, you've got a week. Go use the entire library of the show. We prefer it to be somewhat recent, right? Somewhat in the last six months or so. Well, I mean, in the last six months, if you go back six months, you're already in the middle of the playing season, which is also this open, right, that we currently have. Well Damon's in it, right? I mean it's it's Oh yeah, it's Damon's in it. So it.
4: well I think Damon was Which probably in. It was that's, August. That's the end of so, August. Okay, so
0: let's use let's use some from from September To now. To now. Go to our library, sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. Sixty seconds. And make your open. Because Law's too busy. Is I mean, busy right guy. now he's probably going around Radio City music hall and noticing everything is still the same from last year because it's a landmark <laughs> building and can't be touched, right? It is. The sight lines are as they were when Warren Harding was in office, exactly right? Exactly He's, he's noticing all of this stuff. Yep. And he's very busy doing all of that. And... Uh, or let's be honest, he's probably on go go on whatever flight he's on right now.
4: I think he's I think he's en route from Philadelphia okay. to New York.
0: See, he's too busy doing this. So why don't we have the listeners do this? I
4: like this idea.
0: I love this idea. Can the listeners, you folks, you and we will give you props. We'll Absolutely. give you props, and we'll swap them out every every time we, we do one. A, right? Every
4: week we could potentially have can, a new open. Correct. So do you want him to email to us at our NFL accounts? Well, no, here's what we're going to do. What here's we, here we're what we're going to do. What we're going to do is
0: just ha- everybody go out and edit them. Okay. And hold your powder. Just hang on to the open. And then
4: when you're back in 2 weeks? No,
0: and then when next week if you guys do a show, okay. After law can determine how best cuz we don't need people in the legal department. I I, I may be wrong. But also, you know, it may be just like you're going ahead and creating a new email account outside of the NFL (laughs) domain for an NFL show. Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I wrong? It just seems like it just seems to me that there might be somebody within the legal Underpinning of this operation That might say Hold on a minute
4: I'm sure tomorrow When someone listens to this show We'll get information Okay about Or
0: that. But nobody listens to this show Within the wall There's like five people You can count on one hand <laughs> Of people Within the law Of this operation Who listen to this show So Or at least Come up to me And actually give me feedback on it Let's figure out Okay But in the meantime Everybody who's out there uh, Go ahead And have your fun Put an open together And we'll start using yours and, and Chris Law will post them, and we'll save him some time. We'll save him some time so he can come up with some more ideas for the NFL.com mock draft that's two months away so he can clear his schedule a little bit. Am I too tough? Kaveh, am I too tough? You tell me if I'm too tough. You're it's okay. Too, no, no, you're not tough. Okay. I have several people tell me mm. one of the favorite parts of
4: the show is us getting on Chris (laughs) Wong.
0: So so I would say let's keep it up. By the way, that's me from Ghost Accounts (laughs) tweeting. (laughs) Because it's my favorite part of the show. (laughs) It's my favorite part of the show. Uh, Oh, oh, we miss you all. Yeah, we do. We do. Um, I'm excited. Pleased to have back on the Rich Eisen Podcast the man that you tune in to see every single uh, weeknight on NBC at 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time, the host of Late Night with Seth Meyers, the man himself, Seth Myers. How are you, Seth? I'm good. it's glad I'm glad to be back on the show. I'm thrilled to have you back on this program. Um, uh, congratulations uh, on your new gig that uh, you're you're finishing up your first full month doing it how How have you found being a late night television interviewer, host, rock raconteur, all of that good stuff?
1: I've enjoyed it. You know the nicest
0: thing about it is getting to do a show every day. So, you
1: know, as you see the things you wish you could do differently, you only have to wait 23 hours to sort of give it another shot, unlike obviously SNL where you have to wait a full week. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been nice. And also I really enjoyed talking to people. That was the part of it that I had the least experience with going in that has sort of been the most refreshing uh, delight. So uh, moving forward, that's, that's the thing I, look most, uh, I get more, most excited about day in and day out.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what I like about my job, too, is talking to people. Um and the the only thing is I'm not allowed to ask people how they feel they you know what I mean like there's yeah sort of in the sports like how does it how does it feel you know like that, that that's 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 a cliche in my business unless they win a Super Bowl you know right. then then you're allowed to do that Seth yeah. you know what I mean it's an interesting-
1: there's not yeah there's not a lot of feel I guess in sports reporting
0: <laughs> you're trying you know you try and stay away from that sort of stuff sure sure but you had uh, Russ Wilson on your show yeah, right
1: what a, what a great guy he is uh, so impressed talking to him. And uh, we, I mean, ideally, we'll have as many athletes on as we can get. You know, obviously, they are very busy people, but I find it fascinating to talk to them. I always liked it when they came and did SNL, you know, anecdotes. I, on, purely on an anecdotal level, you can do a lot worse than talking to an athlete. Um, so, but he was a he was a lovely guy.
0: Yeah, Pate Manning, was he the best?
1: At, he was at, the best. He was the best. There's no question, right? He was the best on the show. Barkley was the best to spend a week with. (laughs) (laughs) Like Barkley, you know, because again, like every other thing Barkley says has no business being on television.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, but Peyton, he 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 has some legitimate comic timing and chops,
1: right? I mean, on a guy where when you watch him play, you realize that he has the best timing of any quarterback. Uh, It's funny how that that was the case as well, comedically. And again, he, you know, he prepared for it. You know, he was, I always say he was the only host who um, had, like, a color-coded binder. No, he did not. He did. Well, we give everyone you know, their their sketch binder but Peyton was the one where you would sort of come in and go, hey, there's a change to this sketch and usually you would just sort of say that and you remind people that like obviously it's gonna be on the cue cards you don't have to worry about it but Peyton would always make sure he made the change in his
0: uh in his, his main binder. In his binder. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. It was you, great. Yeah, coaches that, that I work with, they, they, they have binders. Um when they come on our show, they they have um uh you also see it too, uh with Digger Phelps now on ESPN. He's got these uh highlighters always uh-huh. in his hand that his tie in the most bizarre <laughs> way and, and i once worked when i worked with him back in the espn days seth i said you know because he had a green one and an orange one and a blue one and every now and then he would take the blue one and, and highlight something on his card and then an orange one i asked him what's the difference between the colors and he goes i have no idea yeah that, that was his answer i That's had great. he had no earthly idea what the hell he was doing
1: i remember every year like you know the School shopping supply School supply shopping Mm -hmm. I would go This is the year I'm going to get My act together Trapper keeper Color coded I'm going to I'm going to just Lock it in And then like a week later I'd be like I do not know Where my trapper keeper is I've lost all my pens I don't know anything
0: Yeah and, And you How many times In your comedy career Have you used a protractor by the way, uh, I'm still. I think I'm still zero for
1: protest. <laughs> for- I have not had needed for comedy. A compass You haven't needed that, right? I haven't needed a compass again. You know, I don't. I think in the world of apps, I don't know if anybody actually needs a compass. Nobody
0: needs a compass anymore. No, no you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, so it it is um, it is a, a, a dynasty week here in the National Football League Network, and yeah. I, and I and and the Steelers are a team with which you have. Um, I guess some DNA ties to, correct?
1: Huge. Yeah, my dad's from Pittsburgh. And uh, I remember, so I never, you know, I lived there when I was uh, very young. Mm -hmm. But I sort of grew up in uh, in Michigan and then New England were my formative years. But I remember when I was like eight years old, my father gifted me the four Sports Illustrated uh, Super Bowl covers with the Steelers. And it was like being presented like the Dead Sea (laughs) Scrolls. And I used to have NFL, uh, NFL Films VHSs I would wear down. Um, but yeah I was so I'm a huge Steelers fan.
0: So that that's your team essentially? That's my team 100%. And and but growing up in New England that didn't uh that didn't Never change. Never
1: affected it. Always like, and there were some obviously some some lean years for the Steelers there in the 80s but I was uh, I was a Steelers fan uh through and through.
0: And still still today as
1: still well. Today. well. Still what... today. Well this this last you know that last Sunday of the NFL season, which was a day after my birthday, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, is this going to be the greatest? Are the Steelers going to make the playoffs? Which I think at one point they needed like 12 specific
0: outcomes of games. Yes, they needed Jupiter to also align with Mars. It was ridiculous. it almost happened. Yes, it did. It almost happened. It came Um, down to the very last
1: game. It went into overtime, that Chiefs-Chargers game, and there was, you know... That's maybe, f- maybe too many guys on one side of the <laughs> line so missed again. When you, I'm, I want to make it clear, I'm not the kind of guy who complains about that. A lot of things happen in the season.
0: Yeah, you're one of those like you. You understand that? Yes, I'm a realist. Yes, of course. But
1: when you're eight and eight, you don't get screwed out of the playoffs.
0: That is true. Um, yeah. uh, un, until you actually do. Um, yeah, <laughs> right, right, that's true.
3: Because
0: there was no maybe. There were too many guys on this one side of the football, Seth. That yes. that actually. Look, don't, you know, go on and on about
1: this. But um, no, I it's when there's, uh, there were, you know, the last few years, there's some great books about the 70s Steelers, um, Their Lives Work, which was earlier this year, came out, and I just flew through that. And my wife, who is not a football fan, her father is not a football fan, her brother is not a football fan, she's like, how are you still reading mm-hmm. about this thing that happened in the <laughs> 70s? <laughs> And I was like, "Look, you make excellent points." Well, uh, <laughs> if you could excuse me, I have to finish this chapter on Frenchy Fuqua. <laughs> There's a lot of new developments in the Immaculate Reception that I need to pay attention to.
0: Who was your player back in the day? Who were you? Uh, I uh, I
1: loved uh, I loved John. La- I mean Jack Lambert, John uh, and uh, John Stallworth. Those are your guys. Yeah, I liked the non-flashy. A lot of people were like, "Cause again, I I am of an age. I'm forty. Where, you know, in Michigan, so we, you know, the Lions weren't very good. Everyone – I was talking to Paul Rudd about this because I feel like we're sort of the same era. Yeah. Because he was in Kansas City. Like, everyone was like Steelers or Cowboys. And uh, I think there were a lot of Lynn Swan fans, but I, I kind of like the very workmanlike John Stallworth.
0: Right. And Rudd Rudd uh, wears the scars from this year's playoff loss. Um, yes. I spoke to him a, a couple weeks ago, and he still, he still feels the, the awful scars – from the way the Chiefs went down this year, um, there's not many Chiefs fans that I come across except him, and and there's all the, the Kansas City guys: uh, Rob Riggle, R- 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 right, right, Riggle, R- R- uh, yeah. Eric Stone Street. He's another okay, one. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, the- I feel bad. It's really heartbreaking. Also, now I don't want to tell it. Next time you have Red on, yeah. ask about his um his Craig
0: Colquitt Lego man.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> it's already it's already best of Rich and podcasting.
0: I, mean. I like it. So a a, a <laughs> Craig Colquitt Lego is it a punter Lego situation. Yeah. Yes. Oh my! Is that does that is that related to like a Rockham Sockham robot or no,
1: something? No, he made a Lego man of Craig Colquitt because he was such a Steelers fan. And the problem, I think, because of the limitations in one, this sort of Lego situation, <laughs> the only number he could make was Craig Colquitt.
0: <laughs> wow. So there's more
1: to it. That's just the beginning of what is an epic tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> As uh, if it's not tragic enough to make a Lego man of Craig Colquitt
0: there's more. I agree. More. Oh man. Well, Seth, listen. I know you're 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 a busy man. Um, you got a lot going on. I, if, what is your day like now? Um, it's
1: a little. You know, it's a it's a little more reasonable to the SNL schedule. The thing about SNL is because you're aiming for Saturday, you can always stay a couple more hours working on stuff. You know, here obviously you you know we should film at six thirty. Mm-hmm. I get in around nine thirty, ten. And, you know, and I'm out the door at like eight. So it's not it's pretty manageable it's very like it's a human existence compared to the sort of uh, <laughs> the, the sewer-like existence i was carving uh, carving out for myself for the last 12 and a half years
0: and now but you were in a position where you know because last time you were on we were talking about the process of of getting something on saturday night live and it's a competitive environment in that writer's room and you have to pitch and you know and many times there is lorne Michaels sort of stroking his chin in the back at the end of the room right. and but now this is a show that's essentially, you know, your your name's on it, and yeah, it's no. your sensibility, and it's and and I'm wondering what that's been like for you over the 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 weeks to this point.
1: Yeah, no, I'm the one who strokes the chin now. That. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's uh, it's been great. You know, we have a really talented writing staff, and uh, you know, so much of these shows are uh, the interviews, and so you just try to prepare yourself as much as you can with uh, the guests you have on. I've been really lucky in this first month of. You know, numerous guests who've come on have been friends of mine, so that makes it obviously easier. But um, you know, we're just trying to develop as many different desk pieces and as many different recurring things that we can keep bringing back, and and mostly just like building the DNA of what the show is is really exciting for everybody here because we're all new. Yeah. uh, When I, you know, even the camera guys, it's their first. Month on the show, whereas when you started SNL, you know, it's like you're new, two other people are new, and everybody else has been there for 15, 20 years.
0: Is this the same studio that Letterman was in and, and Conan? Is it the same room? No,
1: we're 8G. So this is, we, Football Night in America was here.
0: Ah. Um, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, Donahue,
1: Original Jeopardy was here, um, but it's right down the hall from SNL because so- Jimmy's still down in the. Um, in the Conan,
0: ah, I see. So, are you saying that Dan Patrick's Paul Mitchell hairspray can is potentially lying around? It's
1: there. Are they say on certain the, nights that the lighting's just right, <laughs> you can see the Paul Mitchell trail across
0: the cosmos. Yes, <laughs> sort of the Zephyr like trail uh, <laughs> yeah. of Dan Patrick's. Yeah, because he's. I don't have to, you know. Uh, that's my 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 cross to bear. I don't need any of that stuff. But Dan, if you know, if he doesn't have the right hairspray, he can have a bad show. Right. Seth, you know
1: you i i think they tell the staff to just clear clear out of the way if there's been hairspray
0: <laughs> hair product issues well i look forward to coming on i'm booked for uh the night before the draft i'm, I'm out so there
1: you're coming on before the. i i will say it is crazy. i can't believe how much this last two weeks i'm reading about football it is it is a uh year-round thing now
0: yeah that's that was the idea when they when, you know when they started nfl network is just to have it nonstop and you're the smartest
1: guy in uh, in sports business. I'd like to you. think so.
0: I appreciate yeah, that.
1: I'm giving you full credit. I, p- I can't believe the NFL Network is. I did. I would did not. It sounded so crazy to me, and it is such a destination for me.
0: It is uh, thrilling to hear that. Thank yeah. you. Um, and, yeah, like the free agency period, it's just, it's crazy. And uh, at some point somebody's going to do something stupid, and then that'll be on the front pages. And then that's well, of the way the NFL... the great
1: thing is we don't know yet, that like, ten people have already done something really stupid. That's
0: true. And we just <laughs> and don't... We're going to be, like, we're a year away from knowing what it was. We could talk about all of that um, on the, yeah. the night before. My wife's very excited because she's not only a fan of yours, but I've told the guest before is Sarah Jessica Parker. Ooh. Which oh, is, very well which my My wife is, that's that's that's... That's her gal. That's this it.
1: This is a true story, and this, by the way, because again, I'm getting no no movement on my wife and the Steelers, but we are currently watching Sex in the City together <laughs> from the beginning.
0: Can you get some sort of, like, fantasy football-type thing uh, out of Sex and the City? Like, there's a Sex and the City draft, like you, you draft you big could, in the first they, round.
1: Or, those ladies do the same thing every episode. <laughs> it's very easy to predict it.
0: <laughs> yeah, like they go and get the, man, what, the Manolo Blonics in one there's episode.
1: A lot of there's a lot of I was also saying so co- that like the, for the first two seasons, every handsome guy is the exact same-looking dude.
0: Yeah, that's they true. They a
1: type on that show.
0: That's Anyways, true.
1: We're losing your podcast. Listeners.
0: No, that's a, no, no. there's, there's got to be in that that odd Venn diagram of Sex in the City uh, yeah. viewers and podcast li- listeners. We're hitting that sweet hitting spot that. right now.
1: Well, I hope you're bringing your wife. Are you going to bring her?
0: Uh, I think so. Uh, right, we've got three small children, though. Got uh, it, Seth. Got it. So it it, yes, there's some heavy lifting in that regard. But I, I'd love to. I'd love to. And I, I look forward to coming on. And thanks for coming back on this show. I appreciate it. And
1: I hope Dynasty Week uh, settles once and for all who's the greatest dynasty in all football. Well, uh,
0: unfortunately for me, Seth, because, you know, I'm a pop culture freak, I initially thought that they meant the TV show dynasty, Mm -hmm. like the Carrington family. Um, And, you know, I almost went uh, Forsyth um, Mm -hmm. until they just, you know, told me
1: now we have fully shifted to one side of the vendor. Yeah.
0: <laughs> until <laughs> they told all, me. Totally there. Yeah, and then you know, then I went Falcon Crest on them, and they said, "No, that's right. not what we're talking about." But you know, I hope. I hope uh, you know, uh, Dynasty Week does go well for the rest of this time. There's not too I many of so, them. Too. There's not too many of them. There's the Steelers. There's the Cowboys. There's the Patriots, and that's about it. So that's about it. Well, if you need any help in, in trying to get your wife interested in football, we can do a Sex in the City marathon mixed with free agency news over Just the next two weeks. Just talk to her when you see her. I will That's do all that. <laughs> all right. Seth, thanks again, man. Appreciate all right, thanks, it. Rich. I'll talk to you soon. You bet. That's Seth Myers. Go watch his show, Late Night with Seth Myers. Uh, tonight's guest, we're posting this on Tuesday, March 18th, Catherine Hahn, very funny woman. She's in Bad Words, which Law saw and loved, by the way. Really? Yes. Uh, and David Remnick, the editor of the New Yorker, Pulitzer Prize winner. Ooh, nice. As you could see, he's, he's going for the, uh, the erudite crowd, which we don't do enough of here on this show. He hung up, right? Copy? Okay. He's gone. He's gone. He's a busy man.
4: Seth Meyers, awesome. He
0: is awesome. Awesome. Couldn't be funnier. From New Hampshire. Oh, UNH. He's a New Hampshire guy. A lot well, of the, he's from everywhere. He says he was Michigan. He says he's from everywhere, but he
4: grew up in New England. He was born. Right. Ryan, then he he's a be. Red Sox guy, right? Yeah,
0: he's a Red Sox fan. There's too many of them.
4: Which, by the way, spring training action, Yankees roughed up the Sox on Tuesday. Oh, well, whatever.
0: <laughs> here's, the, um, here's, here's how fatherhood can be difficult. My son, my oldest son, five years old, the X-Man.
4: X-Man. Love him.
0: He is playing t-ball. For the first time,
4: I've been over your house where he's uh, taking some swings. He's got
0: a Will Clark like finish, a cape like swing finish does, over the shoulder, and and
4: does he do the scowl? The Will dude, Clark scowl?
0: Well, he just does that because you know I I, I force <laughs> him to keep swinging. But he's got—I mean, seriously, this this finish that I've got to take him to the driving range immediately because yeah. if he's got that finish in golf, right, I might retire at <laughs> at some point. You're going to be a golf dad. I mean, seriously, this his finish is awesome. Yeah. So he's playing t-ball. Guess which team he is.
4: He's on the Red Sox.
0: He is going to wear a Red Sox uniform. Now there are few things I'm trying. I'm I'm, I, I'm I'm a big sports fan, as we all know, right? I shouldn't even have to say that. That should be stipulated. But that said, having done what I've done. Um, since ninety I just started in Sports Center in ninety six. I, I I take a lot of the emotion out of it. There are still some teams that get sure. that get me emotionally involved. Mich- anything Michigan Wolverines right. and the Yankees. Those are the teams that still get me like anybody else screaming at the screen, bitching about the refereeing, all of that sort of stuff that that I'm that, right there with you. Okay. So having my son. Putting the 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 English old English B that I'm, on wearing, the, I'm wearing right now and the Red Sox uniform absolutely pisses me off <laughs> to no end, and I honestly thought, do I call the a- management of trading? the league and get him traded? <laughs> like demand a trade, like Archie. May. And this is, but this is my first for. I mean, this is my oldest son, and i I'm. Fully am prepared or trying to be because uh, this is my first foray in, with my oldest son into anything schools right. anything of course. I don't want to be that dad at sporting events. You don't want to be for kids, Mike Greenwell. So I don't want to be that dad. All right, I'm not going to be that dad. I'm, I'm going to be uh, th- th- everything I tell my son about sports. The answer is have fun, have fun, and also celebrate with your teammates. Those are the two things I tell him all the time. I'm not going to have a me-first kid, and I'm not going to have a kid who who's going to be getting too low over sports. Right? It's supposed to be fun. It is. I understand they want to win and lose, and that's going to be something to deal with. Those are the two things I tell him. But now here we go. For the first time, he's going to get out there in a baseball (laughs) uniform with cleats and a helmet and a glove, the Red Sox. (laughs) Are you kidding me? And do I call do I call management? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I don't want to be that guy. Look, that's but that's the do break. Do I pick that's up the, break, the phone Rich. and get him traded to the Yankees? It's
3: like the 0-4 draft with Archie and Eli. That's the break.
0: That is the break. That's
3: the break. It's the break. It's a tough one.
0: You Are just you I think you just have to me? grin and bear it. I don't even know what to do. Because I'm seriously be- beside myself. But of I course,
4: guess. of course, Suzy's men- support. Oh, she's pumped. That's what I mean.
0: And her brother, right, who's a monster Red Sox fan, has raised a family full of Red Sox fans.
4: Her brother was getting after
0: me on Twitter the other day. Well, he does. That's what he does. I know. Um, his oldest son, he tells me his oldest son's first team was the Yankees. See? It'll, and it'll and he's around. like, it's going to all work out. Yeah. Don't worry. But, you know, it's, he's five years old. Red Sox just won it all. They're going to be really good again this year. They are. And if he sits down when the Yankees play the Red Sox, and he's going to start rooting for the Red Sox because Mama <laughs> loves the Red Sox, and he's wearing a Red Sox uniform, and he is now emotionally tied to that team, I am going to go nuts man you are really thinking big picture oh here oh boy i hope you got these time codes cuz the last two times i cursed on this show loft Whiffed? <laughs> no i got it. i got it 1219 and 1221 uh no that's you and that was the problem you told him the I time on the, the clock the actual clock. time on the clock it's time code it's
3: taken care of i'll i'll get it done
0: yeah but the time code am I coincides wrong? with am the I r- wrong am i wrong about this well, please tell me i'm wrong about this well <laughs>
3: I mean, I think I, I am you might so I think taking a little, little bit. Headed. I think you're even slightly
0: overreacting, yeah. just even a little bit. even Michigan sports. Like I, I tweet the most. I try to take the highbrow. Approach. I, know, I know, I know. After Michigan lost to Michigan State, we got right. we got hammered. Hammered. You did okay, and I knew Mooch was sitting there grinning uh-huh. wherever the hell he was because his best man had just finally beat Michigan in the one game of of the three that w- you need to win. This year, two regular season, one in the Big Ten final, championship final. Which one do you want to win? You want to win the, the Michigan State one. I tweeted out, congratulations, Steve Mariucci. You had the best team today. And, and I meant it. I meant it. I cooled off. It took me 60 seconds to cool off, unlike Albert Breer, who needs 60 years oh sometimes. All right. But the Yankees, a totally different story for me. I'm, I'm nuts when it comes to this. Well,
4: you mentioned Oliver Stone earlier when we were talking to Mike Silver. Yes. You're going a little Oliver Stone here thinking that this could it turn Xander into thing. a
0: lifelong Red Sox fan. How I could, think you're getting a little carried you away. You don't think it's possible here? I just think you're getting f- – Five is an impressionable age. I think you're just looking impressionable a age, too far ahead to the f- An the impressionable future. age. Mom talks about the team all the time, which is – all right, this is her child too. Okay, the Red Sox just won it all. Five-year-olds like to be front runners now, and he's going to wear a Red Sox. I can't even. Do you know how I've been dreaming my entire life <laughs> for this moment of my oldest son, my firstborn child, to get out on a baseball field. I, I with know. cleats and a glove and I a hat you. and swing a bat. I hear you. I've been dreaming of this moment. I am 44 years old. I've been dreaming of this moment for four decades. And he's going to get out. I don't even want to think about it. I mean, like, how do I pass along the pictures of my son in a Red Sox uniform? How do I do that? Here's what you do. How do I do it? You
4: make him wear or encourage him to wear a Yankees shirt under his jersey
0: just so he knows who his yeah. first allegiance is.
3: Buy him random Yankees gear here and there, but am Throw I? But
0: am I still being that guy? As even, long that, if, even within my if, own if four you, walls, if you like, shouldn't he have him. his own? Shouldn't he have his own free will? Yeah, am but I that wrong? that is contradicting what you just previously said. I know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, do I not sound like a conflicted individual <laughs> to you over the you last five yeah. minutes but, of this program? But,
4: but when it comes to determining the the favorite team of your kids, your kids really don't have free will unless they're actively rebelling against you so you hear people say, "Oh my dad was a lifelong fan let's say let's say of the Giants and so but you know what I really didn't like my dad so I started rooting for the Dodgers
0: so you're saying Seth Myers had grew up in a quality household because he became a Steelers fan and his dad gave him the four Sports Illustrated covers right of sports of the championship years so that so as long as my child loves me and I'm a good dad, he'll be a Yankee fan. He'll be all a Yankee
4: fan, and it all work out. That's what yeah, I'm saying. I think you're fine.
0: That's remarkably mature of you, Chris Brockman.
4: You know what, Rich? At 33 years old, I'm becoming a mature. You're man. wise
0: and veteran <laughs> of life. Wow, that was really, really not not it, certainly not not the man who came over and gave <laughs> the son in question. <laughs> A Tupperware <laughs> top, by the way, for a Hanukkah present. By the way, not the same guy. You have grown. I have rectified that. that. I just haven't been over to your house to, you to welcome anytime to, to pass rectify them, to anytime. Pass it on. Anytime,
4: I have gifts for both your boys from Maine.
0: Yeah, i don't, you heard this story, Cave, but and just to oh, quickly yeah. repeat for those <laughs> who are new to the program: this is a
4: three-month-old story, Rich. <laughs> Every podcast. Uh, he
0: came over for Thanksgiving, and uh, my wife um, loaded him up with leftovers. In a Tupperware that was glass bottom, plastic top, so it's it's not just like your regular plastic piece of crap Tupperware. I, b- that you I don't believe, care if it's not returned. I believe the direct quote
4: from Susie was, "If you don't return this to me, I will hunt you down."
0: My wife can be um, um, aggressive sometimes. Well, when Tupperware. it comes to Tupperware, yeah. for sure. So sure enough, uh, weeks go by. It's now Christmas. Uh, uh, Christmas. He comes by, and after my wife was probably hounded him on email, and I've told him a couple of times, you know, where's the Tupperware? He comes over with the Tupperware, except it is wrapped in two different uh, wrappings, and he gave one to my oldest son (laughs) and one to my youngest son as their gifts. And Rico. now, now to get back at my wife and me for hounding him into doing I something getting, that he should have something that he should have done. <laughs> yes, he is now bringing my children into this, <laughs> playing and toying with their emotions as a way to get back at my w- wife and me. Bold and move, you get Boston. back at my wife; you're getting back at me. All pal. right, I
4: understand. Bold move.
0: Okay. Well, all of that. What I'm saying, the reason why I bring up this dark time in podcast show history (laughs) (laughs) is that that is not the same guy who just gave me that very touching and insightful piece of advice. Turn the corner. I learned my lesson. I'm still going to be steaming. It's going to be coming out of my ears when I see him stroll on that field. And my wife is going to be over the moon. Her son, her firstborn child. Wearing a Red Sox uniform in his first baseball game
4: was okay. I, I, it's been a while mm-hmm, since mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, played t-ball. Mm-hmm. Can you take us through? Was there a draft process? No. Was there a tryout? Like, how did Well, this there work? is
0: for older kids, but when you're five years old, I mean, you, you just, just kind of go out there and
4: get assigned a team. My gosh,
0: yeah, okay. and 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 I we haven't had our first game yet, but I'm assuming it's it's going to be a seismic event. Again, around here, that's a different story. Now, but a seismic event—if if if these guys connect with any sort of uh, consistency and running the bases and catching the ball and throwing it to the proper base—that is going to be truly like an asteroid (laughs) landing on top of a pin. That's how I've been. This has been described to me.
4: Five is early. I I think I started t-ball at six, so I guess. But I mean, the kid's got to
0: swing. He's got to swing. He does. He does. He's been hitting the whiffle ball over the fence in our in the front yard.
3: But it's a one year thing. Next year he'll be on another team. I mean it's right. I, I mean, it couldn't not,
0: have been the White Sox, I could don't have think, been the Diamondbacks. I don't think you know, this is all the, these these teams these teams are are, are it's like Switzerland, those teams. <laughs> my my six right? my year old you know, team was the
4: Bears and then the next year I was on the ponies.
0: Baseball? T-ball. Like T-ball. Ba- the Bears, like, were you sponsored by Chico Bonds?
4: I, I, I don't know. This was in. Uh, this was. Were in you vir- bad news? I she was in Virginia. Bears. I lived in Virginia at the time. The Bears, the Bears, and then the Ponies the next year. <laughs> and then when I moved to Alaska, I started playing uh, the fast pitch little league. No tea anymore, and I was oh, sponsored man. by not, the. Let me tell you, the little uh, tire company.
0: I'm, I, I'm, you know, not well versed completely in the little league world, but I've heard those Alaska little leagues. Can get a little rough.
4: We had all, all dirt fields, <laughs> a lot of sharp no, elbows, no, no a lot of sharp
0: <laughs> elbows, and high cleats in those Alaska Little Leagues.
4: He was angry. The sea was angry that day. My could friend. you
0: see Russia from third base? <laughs> we could. Good. <laughs> all right, fun show, guys. Uh, I want to thank Seth Myers for coming on. Allison Smith, new to the NFL media booking team. hey That's we, we give her an ad girl. Thank you, Allison. Yes um and i am gonna be on uh, late night with seth myers the night before the draft it, this the guest after sarah jessica parker who i saw in annie as annie back in the day i'm dating myself how about that way before sex in the city
4: well girls just want to have fun who she was in she was in that with uh, helen hunt it's an early 80s movie
0: oh oh boy that one, I, I missed that one.
4: Unlike me, unlike Law, Rich, dude. You, you sit there that, and watch happen, stars. Things that happen before me are not before my time.
0: Okay. Very good. Um, so, next week's show, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm out. Well, you're out. You're going to do one? I'm sure Law and I will come up with something. You've got to. So, so again, can, all you right. folks out there, put together your open. By next week's show, we will tell you where to deposit said open and when i come back from vacation we will use them maybe we'll play a few of them
4: yeah play i a think few we of should them. i think and then have people vote
0: and have people vote and it will be very conflicting for law it's because be he's awesome. law is always all about the fan interaction he is always but he's always pitching stuff let's get the fans involved let's get twitter involved let's get do all of that but now here we are doing exactly the type of stuff that law advocates for this show, except the results of this interaction will prove just how easy this is. Completely remove the man from behind the curtain for who he is, which is a slacker, a latex salesman. Hillbilly. a Hillbilly. I'm going all i cognito. Right go right I'm going all i cognito. <laughs> hey, I'm on encouraging right now. you. Okay. He will be shown for a man whose value to this show might not be as high as he thinks it is. What a quandary this is. So let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Send him in. Send him in.
4: International shout out, Rich. Adam Bartholomew at AJ Bart. He says it's worth a try for a shout-out from Belfast, Northern Ireland in celebration of St. Patrick's Day yesterday. Let's go, Patriots. Thanks in anticipation. Hashtag Eisenfonds.
0: All right. We like it. Um, at Seth Myers is where you can follow Seth Myers on Twitter. His show, uh, Late Night, uh, with Seth Myers, um, Also, Wednesday night, he's got, uh, he's got the queen from Game of Thrones, Lena Headey. Cersei. 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 Coming she on. She's also in wicked. 300. She's in 300. She is wicked. Um, that's on Wednesday night with Wendy Williams. That's his Wednesday night guest. Uh, Thursday guest uh, Shailene Woodley.
4: Oh, new film Divergent.
0: Yeah, I know. And she was in The Descendants.
4: She was. Fantastic. She She's was great. excellent in that. She is great.
0: Um, and his musical guest Band of Skulls. Band of Skulls. That's on the Seth Myers program. Uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers. 12.30 a.m. all week on the National Broadcasting Company. Um, Kave, again, you're gonna have to spell your Twitter for me. Have you? Have you? I've changed you it. You have because of you. Is it? So it's That's at right. Kave. Is it it's at Kave? At
3: NFL Cave. NFL K A V E H. Fantastic.
0: And have you gotten more followers? I have.
3: It's been it's, it's been smooth since. It's been very very easy. Easy to remember. Very easy.
0: I'm just trying to make people's lives better. Can people like <laughs> make my life better? Is that possible to get a little reciprocation?
4: <laughs> Rich, I gave you all the advice you need today. A nice Sox. man. It's what, what gonna he? be
0: a red sock. I don't even want to think. My sweet boy, my sweet boy. I can't wait. Stained.
4: I'm gonna be there cheering.
0: At a boy, you'll be there banging together the top and bottom of a Tupperware to make noise. Like a yeah, that'll be like your oh, Vuvuzela, God. a T-ball. I, I banging I, together. I, Fifteen years from now,
4: Rich will still be friends. Vuvuzela. Xander will be in college, and you're still gonna tell this story.
3: I can't wait. see Brockman standing up in the stands banging the banging Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Banging it, making some noise. Can't wait. There you go, kids. And, and afterwards, it's like a, a great game. Here's the top of a Tupperware.
3: Can't
4: wait. You should
0: have story. seen the look on, on my son's face when he just he realized was... that he was the butt of a joke. <laughs> what did he say? That was mean, Chris Brockman. Chris Brockman? That, that was mean. That was mean. Is what he said.
4: And then, like a piece of my heart like fell off, shattered. Mm. It, it, I, it, really, it really hurt me. Uh, I should not have done that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, very good. For at NFL Cave, good show, Cave. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, and at fun. Chris Brockman and at Chris Law in abstention. Um, wherever he is, looking at a part of Radio City Music Hall that has not changed since the New Deal. Uh, I am at Rich Eisen for at the Eisen Podcast. Peace out.
2: Stay listening, dear friends.